Hey Israel Story listeners, it's Mishi. Our last signed, sealed, delivered episode was all about Rachel Cohen Kagan, who was one of only two women, the other being Golda Meir, who signed the Declaration of Independence. On January 25th, 1949, she was elected to the very first Knesset, as the head of the Witzo party. After the Declaration of Independence, there was the first Knesset. That's Oren Kagan, Rachel Cohen Kagan's grandson and closest living relative. The printing of posters was an important part of Israel's first election campaign. 1,200 candidates from 21 parties to be chosen for 120 seats by an electorate of under half a million. She was a member of the Vizzo party that was supported by women. The campaign is reported as being a pretty noisy affair, but that was quite natural on such an exciting occasion. I think it's the only time that there was a party for women. All shades of opinion, from the United Religious Front to the Communist Party, had to be expounded by loudspeaker and by poster. Anyone, Jew, Christian or Muslim, who was over 21 and was in the country before last November could vote. Proportional representation is the system. And she, as a lead of women and head of Vizzo, prepared the law for equal rights for women and family. Ten other women besides Cohen Kagan were elected to that first Knesset, which meant it was over 90% male. Thankfully, the situation has changed since then. But still, only 29 women gained seats in the parliament in the most recent elections, making the Knesset less than a quarter female. Now, no one in Israel knows more about the topic of female members of Knesset than Shavit Benalieh, whose story we told back in one of our very first episodes. So, in honor of Rachel Cohen Kagan, here, right after the break, is our 2014 story, Mr. Female Members of Knesset. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The Technion Israel Institute of Technology is where some of Israel's brightest minds ask the biggest question of all. What if? What if they could take on the world's biggest challenges? What if they could develop life-changing environmental, scientific, health, medical, and technological discoveries that will make a huge impact on Israel and the planet? But they don't just ask the question, they answer it too. They turn those ideas into reality. They make them happen. To see just some of the incredible things they've achieved, get the Technion Booklet of Wonders at ats.org wonders. We hope it inspires you to give them your support so they can keep doing what they do best. The American Technion Society. World-changing discoveries by Israel's brightest minds made possible by you. 
Hey listeners, it's Mishi. Last week we released our 50th wartime diary. This week is Yom HaZikaron and Yom HaTzmaut. And as a way of marking this milestone, and these dates, Yochai Meital and I will have a series of onstage conversations in New York and Cleveland. We'll discuss the process of creating wartime diaries, talk about some of the challenges we've encountered, the dilemmas we've had, the insights we've gained. So if you want to hear what covering the evolving story of this war has been like for us, we'd love to see you at one of our events. All the details are on our site, israelstory.org. And meanwhile, wishing us all calm and peaceful days ahead. Okay, we're back. Here's our 2014 story, Mr. Female Members of Knesset. Hello? Safta, hi, it's Mishi. Oh, darling? It's Mishi. Rafi? <laughs> Mishi. Who is it? It's Mishi, Safta. Rafi? No, Mishi, your grandson. Shalom. Shalom, Safta. Ah, Rafi. Mama, look to hear your voice. That, obviously, was my Safta, my grandma, Zina. Two winters ago, a few days after a big snowstorm in Jerusalem brought down a 60-year-old pine tree on the roof of her home, my Safta died, just three months shy of her 99th birthday. When you die at such an old age, most of your friends are already dead themselves, but still, a ton of people showed up at my Safta's shiva. Of course I knew most of them, you know, family, friends, neighbors, all kinds of people my grandma had worked with over the years. But one morning this young man walked in. He was 20-something and had this short brown beard. He sat down on the couch and kind of looked around. I figured he was probably a friend of one of my cousins and I waited for someone to go up and talk to him. But when I saw that wasn't happening, I introduced myself. We began talking. That's how I met Shavit ben Pretty quickly, it turned out that Shavit knew my Safta quite well. He had visited her, they had had tea together, he interviewed her, and then he even wrote a short biography of her in his book. But the real surprise came when he told me that for the last few years, he had been nominating her anonymously, and without us even knowing, for the Israel Prize, every single year, again and again. Needless to say, it's not every day that you discover that someone who isn't even a relative, and who you didn't even know existed, is so interested in your grandma. I just couldn't stop asking him questions. And before too long, I realized that if most people's childhood idols are people like Harry Potter or Lady Gaga, Shavit had slightly different teenage heroes. Less Justin Bieber, more Tamar Gujansky, Beba Idelson, Shoshana Arbeli Almuznino, and Giula Cohen. And don't worry, if you've never heard of any of these ladies before, that's totally fine. Most Israelis haven't either. They're all former female members of Knesset, the Israeli parliament. Many of them honestly are pretty minor figures that have been forgotten long ago. But not by this man. Not by Shavit. Who, I began to understand, probably has the most unique obsession I've ever heard of. Yup, I guess we can say that Shavit's greatest passion in life is female members of Knesset. 
After the shiva ended, we started going through my grandma's papers, drawers and drawers full of them. And there, tucked away between like a zillion old electricity bills from the 80s and Shanatova cards from all kinds of Dutch relatives, I found an envelope. Inside was a page torn out of a notebook. And on it, in this clearly childish handwriting, was the following message. Dear Mrs. Zina Arman, I'm Shavit, a 13-year-old kid, and I collect famous people's autographs. As one of Israel's 48 current or past female members of Knesset, I'd be delighted to receive yours. Thank you, Shavit. At the very bottom of the page was this squiggly signature that kind of looked like a kid trying to copy the signatures on the Declaration of Independence or something. I called Shavit and brought him the letter. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't believe she kept it. Of course she did. Of course she did. Shavit wrote this letter to my grandma when he was 13. But in order to understand this whole fascination with female members of Knesset, we need to go even further back. As a kid, I don't know, I was like uh, maybe 10 or something. I began collecting autographs of famous people. It was right after Rabin's assassination, and I started sending letters to the cabinet ministers, uh, to former chiefs of staffs of the army, to heads of the Mossad, uh, chairman of the Federal Reserve. You know, people were in the papers. Uh, people from the civil service, which I guess interested me from a really young age. I, I really looked up to those people uh, at that point. So while all his buddies from elementary school and junior high were busy honing their soccer skills or playing spin the bottle, Shavit was into correspondence. He would send... Uh, it was a standard letter, just uh, of a little kid, where I'd say I was collecting signature and asked him to send me dares. It was all done by mail, uh, I mean... Oh, because this was before email. Yeah, I mean, um, the, the entire process was, uh, was pre-internet. Uh, Paris was uh, prime minister then, so I asked him <laughs> what he was doing for peace. Uh, Yossi Sarid was uh, Secretary of Environment, so I asked him about recycling bins in my neighborhood. But generally speaking, it was really a short letter, maybe like two or three lines. And did anyone reply? Yeah, a lot did. Uh, the collection uh, is... I have hundreds and hundreds of autographs. Actually, the first autograph I received, I don't know if it affected me later on, was Minister Oran Amir, who was uh, one of only two... Uh, female ministers in that government. How did you feel when you got your first autograph? You know, I was 11 years old. I got, you know, I would open the mailbox every day, get letters from the government with the state emblem on it, and it, it was exciting. It was exciting. I remember I would, I would call both my grandparents and, and tell them about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Here's Shavit's dad, Yaakov. <laughs> this was a daily routine, you know, uh... <laughs> <laughs> what did we get today, and who, uh, who gave a reply, and who, who is still waiting for, and uh, yeah, this was a kind of a daily routine, running to the mailbox to find the letters, yeah. Uh, it was nice, it was, you know, we are not, we were not as enthusiastic about it, and as, uh, uh, you know, obsessive about it, but uh, it was nice to see it, yeah. Every day, Shavit would run home from school as fast as he could to his parallel world, the one in which he was corresponding with Israel's most powerful figures. This is Nava, his mom. 
he saw that people were actually replying to his letters. Almost all of them, actually, and his appetite grew, I guess. He began studying the history of the state through these autographs. Prime ministers, ministers, current, past. Slowly, he began to widen his circles even more so. He ventured into military men, Supreme Court justices. And finally, he even got to people who signed the Declaration of Independence, who were still alive. And believe me, he's a whiz. No one can tackle him. Like, ask him who the second minister of agriculture was, who this one was, that one. No one has a clue. But Shavit will know. I remember uh, that in uh, summer of 96, my parents sent me to a summer camp in Europe. And I was uh, totally bummed because B.B. Netanyahu had just been elected prime minister and was in the middle of putting together his coalition and cabinet. Uh, and I was missing out on it. So uh, my grandpa would update me in letters. I guess I, I guess I even asked him to about all the news. Um, yeah, not exactly a normal thing to do, I know. But that was just what I was into. Did you like try to push him to more sort of, you know, I, I don't know, quote unquote, normal hobbies? Well, I did try, you know, I'm... Uh... I'm an athlete myself, and I'm a fan of uh, all the American uh, sports, and I'm actually watching uh, American football and American basketball, whatever, or baseball. <clears throat> he, he showed no interest. <laughs> actually, when he, he was in school, uh, especially in high school, he was not even participating in, uh, you know, in gymnasium. So was Shavit able to find in school like any, any friends that were, he was able to share this passion with? Not really. <laughs> no, not really. I mean, uh, it was our third uh, son and uh, it was definitely, you know, uh, different than his uh, brother and uh, sister. It was definitely uh, different than his, you know, uh, our neighbors or whatever. And uh, So or, what did, what did his, uh, his older siblings think? Did they think that he was like a big nerd? Sort of, yeah. <laughs> I'm a proud dad of a nerd son. <laughs> when when you got all these signatures like what what did you do with them did you have albums yeah i have albums <laughs> um they're uh they're kind of collecting death dust on the shelves right in the back of me but uh yeah i put in so much time into them can 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 you bring them really <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay but i'll i'll i'll, I'll be back Uh, this, these are, this is like the, the first album, um, so it opens up with the presidents of the state of Israel, goes on to the prime ministers. After Shavit had exhausted the big ones, current and former prime ministers, cabinet members, and army heads, he didn't really know who to approach next. Um, I thought this was probably the end of that hobby, that the collection was done, uh, because I couldn't really think what the next group would be. I knew that all the former members of Knesset was just, you know, a tremendous number of people and current number, members of Knesset didn't really interest me too much. So um, I, was, I was looking for a group that would be manageable number-wise, but also have really interesting backstories. So I looked into how many women were in the Knesset, 
And it was a really small number. And I figured uh, that probably in all of Israeli history, there weren't that many that served in, in each Knesset. So I looked into it. And it was like around 50 women uh, in total. Um, I immediately knew that that would be my next project. And so, when he was just starting high school, Shavit set off to work. In the next few years, he got in touch with all these ladies. In reply, he got not only signatures, but just as often an invitation to stop by for a cup of tea. Like someone who gets a backstage pass to a Nirvana concert or something, Shavit was totally starstruck. I remember calling uh, Zava Galon at home. And, you know, looking back, I had, I had so much chutzpah um, and... and I mean, I like, I, I sat in Shulamit Aloni's living room. It was really hard to grasp how amazing all this was while it was happening. Like, you come to a house and you meet someone who actually worked personally with Henrietta Sold, or uh, sat as uh, chair of a department at the foreign office in the first years of statehood. And a woman who received a Nobel Peace Prize, not herself, but as chairman, chairwoman of uh, UNICEF. Sitting there was uh, basically like a dream. And yeah, he met with anyone who was willing, and we got sucked in too. He was just a kid, so we had to drive him to all kinds of random kibbutzim around the country, to old age homes. I, I really don't know what drew him to this, but, uh, you know, he has, he has many, many nice uh, female friends among the female members of the Knesset. <laughs> Pretty quickly, this whole project started to take over Shavit's life. He thought that the only way he could really capture all these experiences, all the stories he heard in the living rooms of elderly ladies who once served in the legislature, would be to write a book. The Book of the Female Members of Knesset. Yeah, the, the idea was uh, to collect their life stories. A full bio from birth till, well, in some cases, death and... Um, uh, focus on their parliamentary activity, which was uh, what brought me in touch with them in the first place. So in order to do that, and maybe this is really a weird obsession, <laughs> in order to get the full picture of what they did in the Knesset, I began reading all of their speeches over the years, thousands and thousands of wow. them. Wow, what, what was that like? Tiring, <laughs> very, very tiring. Um, I have shelves of their autobiographies, which I read. Um, I even read Pnina Rosenblum's autobiography, a 300 pages <laughs> one. And, uh, well, let's just say uh, I wouldn't have read it otherwise. Pnina Rosenblum, just in case you're not up on your Israeli cosmetic product trivia, was a former beauty queen who served for about a second and a half as a member of Knesset. So what did all these female members of Knesset think about your project? Well, I, I would guess to them I was just this young kid who kept on saying he was going to publish a book of their biographies, but I doubt they thought it would actually happen. But Nava Arad, one of those former members of Knesset Shavit contacted, remembers it differently. I mean, very few people would do such an impressive project. And here he was, this young teenager, and not some sort of gender studies guy or something. Nava's now in her 70s. She served as a member of Knesset from the Labour Party for four terms and was later the Prime Minister's advisor on women's issues. 
And I remember that he called me up and said that he was writing a book about the female members of Knesset and asked if he could come talk to me, and I said, sure, why not? I was delighted. I thought it was a great idea. I really appreciated his initiative, and he wasn't a nudnik or anything, didn't have an agenda. And even after that, he'd call from time to time and ask how I was doing. Now, it's easy to forget that this entire time, as Shavit is running between one former MK and another, he was still in high school, doing his bagruyot, his matriculation exams, and preparing for the army. I remember I would uh, bring all kinds of letters with me uh, to school that I received, you know, like responses from uh, former female members of Knesset, and... The, the students would at school would think I was playing in the big league that was like in touch with the prime minister every day or something. But no, <laughs> by, the time, uh, by the time I got to the army, it was pretty clear to everyone who served with me that this was my thing. Like that you were Mr. Female Members of Knesset. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Eventually, he convinced the Prime Minister's office to organize a reunion of all the former women members of Knesset that were still alive. Shavit showed up in uniform. I, I came straight from my basic training. My commander had to give me special permission. <laughs> what, what did you tell her? Uh, I, I told her about all, all about this event that I helped organize, uh, that it was with the Prime Minister's office. I imagine... Uh, she thought it was basically the most far-fetched excuse she'd ever heard to get a few hours off basic training. <laughs> but but um, I asked someone at the Prime Minister's office to vouch for me, and they let me out for the evening. Even after the reunion, when his friends from the army used their precious vacations to take their girlfriends on romantic weekends to the north or went to hang out at the beach, Shavit continued to crisscross the country, meeting up with old ladies and reading up about them in dusty archives. I devoted a lot of time uh, on Fridays and uh, in the evenings when I got some time off to the project. Whenever I got a day's vacation, I would try and interview a former member of Knesset. Um, you know, today, uh, when I look back at it all, I'm I'm not really sure what kept me going, but really, like, Something like 90% of my free time in the army was devoted to traveling around Israel, meeting with them, going to the Knesset, reading their speeches. Now in a normal country, you know, with a stable political system, Shavit would get closer and closer to finishing his project. But his biggest problem was that every few years there was suddenly a new election. And that just meant new female members of parliament he needed to meet and interview and research. I did not think it would take eight years. I never imagined uh, I would have to deal with three new election cycles, just kept on adding more and more material. So new female members of Knesset sort of became your biggest nightmare? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. The book, which is called The Members of Knesset, Leading Women in Israel, came out finally in 2011. And in some ironic role reversal, Nava Arad became sort of a Shavit groupie. Only when I saw the book did I really understand what a tremendous job he did. I mean, it was always clear that he was this idealistic guy, someone who, you know, once he decided to delve into a topic, he would go all the way. 
He's really like a ray of light, like a flashlight that discovers all kinds of hidden details. When I read his book, and believe me, I read it cover to cover, I found out all kinds of things about myself that I didn't even know, or other friends of mine who I've known for years. And suddenly, I was learning new stuff about them. He taught all these female representatives about their own lives. Now, if this is an obsession, it's a great one. Up until the last elections in January 2013, the day after my grandma Zina died, there had been 93 women elected to the Knesset. After the elections, 16 more were added, so 109 women from 1948 till today. Shavit met up with more than 70 of these women, and with family members of many of those who had already died. He stays in touch with a whole bunch. Shavit, are you married now? No. Because in a way, like, if you get married, your, your, your wife would be inheriting like dozens and dozens of, of mother-in-laws, which are all these <laughs> elderly women that you've, you've collected over the years. Um, yeah, she would have to deal with it. <laughs> Just before I left, I had one last question for Shavit. So, Shavit, honestly, do you have a secret desire to be a female member of Knesset? <laughs> uh, I guess I'll never be a female member of Knesset, but a member of Knesset? Um, when I started getting to know them personally, when I, when I wrote the book, when I, I, I realized life, you know, is, is more complex than... Uh, than a 10-year-old asking for autographs. But uh, yeah, I have, I have a lot of uh, respect for, for people who, who devote their lives in, in, in these positions. Once you get to see everything that goes on there from up close, all the amazing work uh, that doesn't end up in newspaper headlines um, and Facebook statuses, it's really an amazing place. So, member of Knesset, I don't know, maybe one day. The other day, as we were finishing up the piece, Shavit emailed me with some exciting news. In March, the 110th female member of Knesset, Nabila Espanyoli, will be sworn into office. And yes, Shavit's on top of it. That was our 2014 story, Mr. Female Members of Knesset. We'll be back very soon with additional episodes of Signed, Sealed, Delivered. Till then, Shalom Shalom, and Yalla Bye.